1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: Welcome back. Midday show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giulio. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. We're back to the phone lines in just minutes. But right now, We have to go out to a guest, a special guest. It's not often you could say your guest is a future Hall of Famer. I think he is. Yeah, man. Patrick Willis played for the 49ers. Great player in his day. Five-time All-Pro. And, of course, also played under Vic Fangio. He joins us right now. How you doing, Patrick? (laughs) P-Dub! What's happening? What's happening? How's it going?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. First of all, I want to say happy belated birthday, man, because I know your birthday was yesterday. And I want to say I appreciate you. I reached out to him at the last minute, man. And I knew he was probably out there golfing or something. I had to holler at Spikes to get his number. And he reached back out <laughs> no, to me, man. And, and and gave me a call uh, with man. I just wanted to say what you been up to, man. How you doing?
4: Uh man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I c well I cannot complain. Just grateful to see another another year around the sun and um Yeah, just looking forward to a, another positive year.
3: Yeah, man. And that that's great. Like I said, congratulations. But but we we got Coach Fangio here now. And you know, there's been a lot of reports coming of my, my, out of Miami about how people don't like him and all this other stuff. When you were with Coach fanjo, what type of coach was he?
4: Man, you know, truthfully, I was a, I was a fan of Vick's. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the type of person that, you know, you judge a person by what they do um, on the field uh, when that's their, their job qualification and Vic. Um, bar none. Um, when I had him as as a defensive coordinator, there was not a time that we were not prepared to go out and play our best football.
2: Patrick, what was he like in terms of of the mentality he tried to instill in you guys? Because you know we hear a lot because a lot of teams have this Vic Fangio defense. Right? A lot of his assistants have become coordinators. We had one here a couple years ago in Jonathan Gannon, and a lot of people would say it's not aggressive enough. It's a bend but don't break. What would you say? Like what was the kind of message he would give to you guys? Because I I remember watching your Niners teams. And I always felt like you guys were an aggressive defense.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I, I suppose, you know, it, it just depends on the, you know, the the style of of game or the style of defense that we need to play that week. And But for the most part, you know, I always felt that we just had a, a group of guys that were just hungry to go out and execute. Like, at the end of the day, I always felt like, you know, the coaches coach during the week and players play on Sundays. And so – um so as far as like you know the aggressiveness of not you know I I I trust Vic's um mindset and his defense and at the end of the day if you got a squad that can go out and get it done then you know there should be no excuses uh you should know when to go <laughs> go make it happen.
3: You you know what's funny Pat cuz I I've been hearing stories coming out of Miami again about how Vic rubbed guys the wrong way because, and like an example they gave, was like breaking down meetings and everything like that. Like he would do one part of the meeting or, or something like that, and the other guy wanted to do another part. When you had him as a defensive coordinator, was he the type of defensive coordinator that that talked throughout the whole meeting, or or did he, um, uh, you know, parcel out different things for different coaches to do?
4: You know, that, that that's a great question. Again, I'm I'm not I'm not I wasn't inside of that uh, Miami's locker room um, or defensive meeting room, so I'm not. Sure, how they how they orchestrated, but for us, I felt like man, we had a very good dynamic group of guys. I mean, one of the things I can honestly say, and you know, credit to Harbaugh, um, I I was able to see what it what it felt like to have a group of guys that from head to toe that seemed like they were all uh, all aligned, meaning like there was no no eye bigger than the team, uh, you know, and and that's what I admired most about you know being a part of that Vicks defense and Mm -hmm. and having Coach Levy. You know, Coach Levy was Oftentimes, say he would say, "Listen, this is what Vic wants, and this is how we are going like install it. But if we have any questions or any of that things, like you know, bring them to me, and we'll give them to Vic. And I always felt like Vic was very um, open to, you know, to to some of the things we had to say. Now, obviously, you know, he he likes how he runs his schemes or whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I admire playing for him or whatnot, and so you know, I, that's credit to the guys I was with and also his coaching staff. So.
2: We're talking to Patrick Willis here, former 49er linebacker, of course, a five-time All-Pro, played under Vic Fangio. Patrick, we were looking yesterday at at Vic's career and the different linebackers he coached, and a lot of great ones, you know, from the old days back with the Dome Patrol in New Orleans to to you guys, and even Roquan Smith, most recently in Chicago, who's turned out to be a great player now for the Ravens. Did you feel that, that that was kind of his area of expertise? Because – here in Philadelphia, Patrick, people love linebackers. We need linebackers, dog. We need some linebackers. We got to get good linebacker <laughs> play. Did you feel that, that like he kind of really helped you and knew that part of the defense linebacker was his thing? Yeah, you know, I, I
4: feel like, you know, for the most part, you, you take you take who we were just as individuals and then you you add in, you know, Vic's um, expertise of the game. And like I said, I just felt like there was not a time that we were not, know prepared to go out there as a unit and and also to I pride it on who we were as players or not like again we just had a group of guys that were hungry and understood that, like all right if you say you are who you say you are then like let's go out and get it done and you know I feel like you know it at the end of the day we all won from that and so you know I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what you know what it is that you know um they don't like as much or, or what it is that they want to the paint of him, but obviously, you know he's he's their defensive coordinator now, and I can honestly say <laughs> they got they got some defensive players, and you know perhaps if that if it's the same thing there and they don't get it done, then you know then who knows? Um, but you know I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do.
3: Like I'm curious, Pat, since I got you on the phone because I never got a chance to ask you this, but but you and Navarro Bowman, man, y'all y'all cats played with an attitude. Were well, y'all out there competing to see who heads y'all can knock off the quickest <laughs> when y'all play football, man?
4: You know what it is? You know, it's funny uh, you say that because I, I, you know, as I look back on it now, um, you know, what we we had kind of like a little nickname we call like pain and suffering. And it's one thing to have pain, <laughs> I love but it's that another name, thing. Pain and suffering. It's, it's another thing that, you know, when you feel pain, but it's another thing to suffer like in having that pain. And I felt like, you know, and in, in all honesty, speaking Navarro was his own linebacker. He was his um, own individual. However, together we played really uniquely together, and it was special. And I and I can honestly say I felt that he was the protege uh, to me um, in in the sense that like I felt that my time had came, and he was the next in line to take that defense um, on as as it as it was to be. And so uh, it was a pleasure to play with him um out there on that field along with all those other guys.
3: Bro I tell you I I used to love watching y'all cast play, man. That 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 was one of the highlights <laughs> when when I we heard we talked to you, I was telling Joe, I was like, man, I used to love to watch those two cast play, man. Y'all put it down. Hey Hugh, I tell you, like real
4: real quick, I I, I was telling someone the other day, I, my fr- our first training camp in two thousand eleven, him he, he and I room together and it was the first year we were starting Together, and I never forget just trying to, you know, wanting to build that rapport, and you get that by, you know, asking, you know, beginning to ask people about themselves, like, you know, so man, what was it like where you grew up at? And he told me about what it where it was like where he grew up at, how it was to be in the city, and how you had to be careful, like every time you walked around this corner, like it was you was guaranteed a fight. And so just the way he was breaking it down, I was saying to myself, I'm like, man, you had to get it like that. And and I started telling him about how how where I grew up in the in the country, about like I'm like man, we wouldn't we didn't have to worry about nobody like. You know, coming around the corner wanting to fight, we had to worry about these dogs chasing us <laughs> or whatnot, and so we had to get after there like that, and so I say that to say, he got it from where he got it from, and I got it from where I got it from, being city boy, I'm country boy, and you put both those together, and we just had a, we had a commonality, and that was a hunger to go out and, and be the very best we could be, um, and I'm glad we was able to do
2: that. Yeah, it worked. You guys dominated. Uh, Patrick, I saw a couple weeks ago you were tweeting about the Eagles during their playoff game against the Bucks. Obviously, they lost that game, and, and this is the fallout since. <laughs> so, as, from a defensive perspective, I saw your tweets about the offense. What what are you seeing out there? Because, to us, they have the talent, and we saw it a year ago.
3: And it it's fixable.
2: To be better offensively. What did you notice just watching the playoff game about the offense? Because it's just crazy to us that you have – you know, you have Hurts and Devontae. I know, Brown didn't play in that game, but they have a lot of pieces on offense and they couldn't move the ball in that game.
4: Yeah, you know it um, it, it was it was unique. To, I mean, it was interesting to see and again, I would just bump my guns. That was only 2 cent talk from a from a from a retired player or whatnot and um but I say that to say yeah, it was something just it was something interesting about the the offense as I was watching it and I didn't know if it was if their whole scheme, because sometimes like what well, the teams want to admit it or not, your identity is either your offense or it's your defense or both of them play so well. You like what well, what is the identity? And for me, I was thinking that the identity was going to be the, the defense. I thought the defense would, just, would do enough to go out and, and do enough to take over games where the offense could just be as they are. And with the defense not being as. Strong as I thought they probably were going to be, I feel like maybe the offense wasn't maybe i don't know like not maybe built to to be that type of offense where you can be the dominant like the dominant squad so you know i I don't know i i i think i think again it probably goes back and i'm a I'm a biased person um I think it goes back to the defense when the defense when you know that your defense is gonna go out and dominate and get it done it's something about your offensive side where you feel like you know we got to come we got to come with it but it felt like the offense was just trying to was only matching the defense for the most part and then as far as the defense that's where i was a little bit more frustrated because i felt like man why are these guys like where is that hunger like it's like you can tell the difference between somebody that's hungry and they're trying to get to that get to that plate so they can eat and then that's like ah you know if i if i get there you know i you know, I get there. If not, then if it I, happens, it happens. I, I don't yeah. Think that's, yeah, and that's a that's that's scary. You know, when you got a team full of guys that you're looking at, you know, at any given time they can destroy. Like they have they they can destroy a play any given moment. And and when you're not seeing it consistently, you are like okay, like what what's what's up? You know, where's that? Why is the fire not there? And you know, only they can truly answer that within themselves. So, um, but yeah, you know, again, I, I feel like with Vic, you know, having um, been at the ham of that defense, um, you know, he he has what it takes. Again, it may not be pretty and, you know, like you know, I call it like players coach-ish vibes or whatnot, but he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, he's he's proven to be successful and can be successful. And so I don't see why he, he cannot with that defense.
2: Patrick, let's end with this. And we do appreciate you hopping on with us today. Your former team Sunday NFC Championship game. Patrick, we'll be honest with you, we're rooting against them. We got a thing with the Niners. Yeah, not Bro. so much your Niners, but this current version, you know, we beat them, they beat us, so it's a little rivalry. So we're rooting Detroit here, but what do you think? Is are the Niners going back to the Super Bowl or do you have a little fear of this Lions team coming in?
4: No, no fear. Um the only the only fear would be that they, they don't go out and play the way that they need to to play. Um, you know, I feel like this is gonna be one of those games where they I think they're gonna come out and dominate this game and it's going to be good, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do the Super Bowl. I just, the Niners have played really good football. I just feel like Tom is maybe a little inconsistent to, be, to have the kind of team that they, they have. Needless to say, they they win, though, and that's all that matters. And so this weekend, they're really going to have to have, have, it, have it tighten up, and I, I think that they will. Unfortunately, I heard that Debo may not be in there, and sometimes, you know, that, Maybe mentally it can mess with the morale a little bit, but I think overall they still have enough to go out and, and beat this Lions, Lions team. But, again, it's it's any given Sunday, so we shall see.
2: We shall. Patrick, we really appreciate you hopping on. Belated happy birthday, as you said, and good luck with the Hall of Fame announcement coming up next month. Uh, we we believe you're going to get in, if not this year, soon. Good luck with that, no, it's Patrick. it's coming. It's yeah. definitely coming. Good luck, Patrick. Thank you for hopping on.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. There good. he goes. Yeah, Patrick
2: good. Willis there. So that was that was a fun interview. A uh, couple things that stood out. He was as disappointed watching the Eagles defense that playoff game as Ray Lewis. Like there's something about great defensive players, watch them play. Like they're embarrassed. Like, what did he say? Dude, because like he didn't want like, it. Like, what do you like? He was embarrassed watching it's it. It's because you're like,
3: as a defender, even though you probably play for another team, you feel connected. You feel connected. It, it's just like I talk to my old teammates, especially the ones that play defense all the time. Brian Dawkins, there's been times where me and Brian have been talking during the course of the game where Brian's asking me questions like I'm on the sideline. What are they doing? And, and like, I can feel his energy. You know what I mean? And, and he's right. Like, defense, for the most part, is want to, desire. And a lot of times when you watch them play, it, they didn't look like they desired to do anything. And, again, I, I'm just using him as an example because he said it himself. When, when you have a guy like Slade talking about, well, I did my job nah, Mm-mm. nah, bro, like, like, we didn't do our job. You know,
2: that's just not a good look. That's not a, that's not a good look. Other thing I took from him uh, in the questions about Vic is he believes Vic knows what he's doing. I mean, like he, he yeah, said he to- might not
3: like it, but, but and, and not only that, Joe, we are in a position where if, and this is, this is probably a bold way to go, but if there was anybody, I don't care who it is, from, from, from uh, Fletcher Cox to Brandon Graham, that had a problem with going into this training camp and working harder, then you probably don't need to be here. I don't think either one of those guys, by the way, would have a problem with that. But if you did, if you were out there griping about practice or the fundamentals that I was trying to teach, then guess what, we're going to do our damnedest to try to get you to a team that allows you to, to act accordingly. Because you can't play for us. Like, that. that's the bottom line. The standard is set when you go in there, that locker room and say, listen, this is what we're going to be. This is what we're not going to be. We're not going to be a dumb team. We're not going to be a team that makes a lot of penalties. We're going to be a smart team, and we're going to be an aggressive team. And we're not going to give up more than 17 points a game. That was the standard back when I played, 17 points, 100 yards. So you know that going in, and you know the only way that, that you're going to get there, you got to put the hand in the barn. Mm-hmm. you got to work hard. And if you're afraid of that, if you're complaining about that, then you probably need to be somewhere
2: else. Yep, 215-592-9494. Appreciate Patrick hopping on. All right, let's get guest that takes here. Then we'll get back to the phones. Guest that takes for championship weekend. What is everyone talking about on Monday? The take that's going to be out there on Monday after we watch the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Lions and the 49ers. Hugh, what do you think? What's the take we're going to hear come Monday morning? Week one
3: was a preview of the Super Bowl. Ooh, That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking the Detroit Lions going to go, man. I, I hope. I hope the little sweet baby Jesus that the Detroit fans get to go to Vegas because to, to see all those fur coats and,
2: and gator shoes <laughs>
3: in Vegas would be awesome. And Cougie sweaters, that would just be
2: awesome. So week one, of course, was Lions, the first game of the year, Lions yes. at Chiefs. So you're predicting both road teams are going to win these games. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That would be wild if we get that. Two road teams win as dogs on Sunday. All right, here's the thing I think you're going to hear on Monday. And I think this is almost regardless of the outcome. And we'll get to our outcomes to do a, uh, a full, you know, same-game parlay coming up next segment. But, and Kyle's going to be all smiles listening to this one. I believe Jameer Gibbs is going to start to change the discourse on first-round running backs. Mm. We did the whole thing last year at Bijan. We actually – the funny thing is we, I think we had the right debate. We may have had the wrong running back because I think Gibbs is better than Bijan, but whatever. I, but if, if Gibbs runs the Lions into a Super Bowl or gets them really close after what he did last week and the year he had, I think you're going to see people start to say, you know what? I know it's not a long-term play. It might, be a, it might turn out bad. I mean, you, the guy could get hurt and not be a very good player or whatever. But maybe these first-round running backs can push teams over the hump more than we thought. I think you're going to hear it. Kyle tried it last year. We shot him down. Hot takey. I think someone's going to come out hot with takey. it on Monday.
5: Well, I'm glad that finally we're coming around to the, the idea that maybe drafting good players is a good thing.
2: See, it wasn't about that. You know that. It was about more of the the positional
5: value. It's a very simple way to boil it down in that the idea, I've been screaming this the whole offseason before the draft, you draft the best
2: players. So I think it's been a thing of positional value versus good players. Uh, And I think Gibbs might push the needle or push the whole thing. Towards good players. because good players good. help you win. And he may help the Lions yeah. get to a through. But, all right, Kyle, what's the take we're going to hear on Monday? Yeah,
5: Well, you know, I have an agenda to
2: push oh, here. Always.
5: Um, <laughs> always. And I, I'm on record saying I think this is sort of setting up for the, the Lions to get their asses kicked by the 49ers. But I still don't have faith in Brock Purdy. I don't think he's very good at all. So I will say win or lose. The 49ers need to start having the discussion next year about what they're going to do when Brock Purdy's contract and the idea of paying him comes up because they can't pay that guy. He's got one more quarterback cheap year after this. One more. And there's a certain uh, Kirk Cousins floating around out there. That... They ain't got a job yet. Kirk? Yeah. yeah, Kirk's a lot much better quarterback than Brock freaking Purdy. It's not even close.
3: Well... Uh, I don't know about that God, uh,
5: Really? Huh?
3: I mean, Come Brock on, dude. Where, where's, where's Brock Purdy got his team at this weekend? <laughs> NFC title game. I, I, I'm just wi- saying, first though. of
5: all, wins are not, in a in one a one I or mean, two mean, season sample size, wins but, are not a quarterback they stat. Kinda are. They're kinda are. No, they're, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> okay. Two wins away from the title. <laughs> so They're simply <laughs> yeah. not, though. No no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not going to away with you.
3: I'm not going to argue with you. Allow me to flip the music
5: because – Wins, are n- wins in about a one or two season sample size are not a quarterback stat. If you I'm, want to look at all-time wins leaders, yes, you're going to find all the best quarterbacks up there. But I, but you can't go one season, two seasons, wins, losses. They're just simply not a quarterback mm-hmm. stat. The Niners win because they have Christian McCaffrey and a great roster, not because of Brock Purdy, and they can't pay that guy.
2: I want the Niners to lose for every reason except Except if they do win, there is a silver lining that Kyle's head will explode on the air. Like he's going yeah, to lose his probably. mind. Yeah, he, well,
5: can I make a guarantee? Uh, go for it. The 49ers will never win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy starting at quarterback.
2: I'm just, I just want you, I just want to put that, this out that, there. That, I, that. I, the look at headlines are out. If they win Sunday, which they are very big favorites to do, they are favored over the AFC in the Super put Bowl. Put all of your money uh, on the underdog. You level. could be right. I'm just letting you know. Like you're saying that, like mm-hmm. he's favored to win the Super Bowl right now. I
3: think that. Anything
5: that I I'm,
2: don't think I'm just I'm just putting I it like out how there Kyle
3: dig, dig, when he digs in man, he digs.
5: Now, in. he's been dug
2: in on Purdy the yeah, whole time. I love trouble.
5: this. Yeah. And ain't I think trouble. people are starting to finally realize after he played terribly in that in that last game game
2: winning game winning. Just see like this is <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
3: like how it turns personal.
2: <laughs> uh, it, does, it does get a personal. All right. There's a guest the takes for the championship weekend. What you're going to be hearing come Monday morning. And uh, I can't wait for these. I, I the more – the closer we've got – because, look, the Eagles season and it's like, oh, like who's going to get there? I'm hoping the Niners are not going to win because they're not a very likable team and they're, just, they're annoying. But I, I do think it's a fun combination of games we have coming up on Sunday. We'll give yeah. a same-game parlay out and, and finalize our picks for these games. Uh, he already threw his out there. He's got both road teams winning. Yeah. Boy, the Detroit story would be fun.
3: I, I, I want to see it, man. I really, really want to see it. I am pulling for Detroit because I just want to see – like, I'm not going to Vegas, but to just see all those people from Detroit in Vegas – that is going to be bananas.
2: Yeah, The storyline is pretty good either way. I mean, can Purdy actually get it done, right? That's the Niners' story. The Lions are the story of the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Can Lamar get his ring, right, because he's had a really excellent career so far, probably a two-time MVP in a few weeks, but can he get to that level and get a ring and join that club? And then, look, if the Chiefs do this, I mean, how many teams win as much as they do? We gotta start talking about the Chiefs in terms of like dynasty.
3: We, yeah, dynasty. Yeah, you don't, like if the Chiefs make it, then it'd be hard. for you'd be hard pressed to bet against the Chiefs if it's the Chiefs in the line.
2: And then I know people want to say, well, no yeah. one's ever catching Brady. I mean, if Mahomes gets another and he's got three by the age of twenty-eight, yeah, he got he got a little time on his yeah, hands. He, he, got, he, his he hands. does. I mean, at, at this point, it'd be hard not to say he's got a shot to to do something ridiculous. All right, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll get to everyone's phone call coming up next segment and a same-game parlay for the two games on Championship Weekend. 215-592-9494. That's up next. It's the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
3: ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania as the official sportsbook of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personality and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download
0: today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
1: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
2: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every
5: out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to
2: start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Another thing,
3: bro, listen, don't be friendly when you see me. (laughs) <laughs> cause you be so flashy, you better hope, well, you better hope all that talking be doing. We see y'all, whatever right round it may be, cause I can't guard you. You can't run routes. You're a running back. You're a running back. You know, I ain't gonna sit here and play with you, little boy, just cause you got a little bag. People gave you a little clout, man. You ain't nothing, bro. Stop playing. I love that.
2: The voice of Chauncey gardner Chauncey. By the way, he did that in Week Six. He kind of called his shot. He said, "Whatever round we see you, well, he's gonna see him on Sunday." I hope Debo plays in this title game just for those two. Got all he ain't playing, man. He gonna try to play. I, I'm I'm not saying Debo's
3: soft, but he gonna try to play. But he probably won't be able to go. Just say it. He's ducking C.J. Gardner Johnson. Like but, but C.J. is gonna say it, cause I can just see him on the sideline. He's solid, he from Florida. They they they're built different down there, man. And he, he gonna talk trash. He gonna let him know. He gonna probably say you you was
2: afraid of me or some crazy. The you ain't nothing. You you're a running back. That I mean <laughs> that's. Is- yeah, that's so good. I need him to, here's what I want on Sunday. I want a Chauncey Gardner Johnson tackle and, you know, he knocks the ball. He causes a fumble on Ndebo, gets up, and then flips it back to him the way he did Baker yeah. last week.
3: Yeah, he, he's a guy that really loves what he does for a living. I mean, and I think, you know, when you talk about compare and contrast to what we have on the team right now as it's presently constructed, like it didn't feel like that. I'm not going to sit out there and say that I, the guys don't love the game that much. I'm not. I'm not going
2: to say that, but the
3: way that you played, it didn't feel like you loved the game that much. Yeah, he
2: brought an edge. I mean, he he brought an edge to the Eagles' defense last year. He's brought an edge to the Lions' defense. He's a good player. Uh, the Eagles missed Chauncey Gardner Johnson, no question in my mind. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. All right, back to all your phone calls here. We'll end the show with a uh, a same game parlay for the two games over at FanDuel. Hit that coming up in a little bit. Ken in Cinnaminson, what's up, Ken? Good
6: afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today?
2: What's going on, Ken? Hey, Ken. Ken.
6: It just amazes me the fascination that we have in this city with press conferences. I I, I did some research. Uh, I've I've referenced every possible reference source that there is, and I cannot find one single example of a game being won or lost in a press conference. So we can probably all calm down a little bit. And as to Nick Sirianni's answer to that question, you guys should know this better than anybody because you spend three hours a day, four hours a day on, on the radio talking to people Sometimes it's really hard to answer a really stupid question, and of all the stupid questions that were asked in that press conference, that was the stupidest: asking the head coach, "What's your role?"
2: I mean, it's just dumb. But can, 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 can I, I? I disagree for this it. reason. You got it. People are wondering that. Like, he's not going to call. He's not going to be in charge of the offense, or at least have a very heavy hand. Right? He he said it himself that someone else is going to come in here. It's their offense. They're going to call the plays work with the quarterbacks. So I think that's a, it's a fair question because people listening are wondering, what's Nick going to do now?
6: Well, why are you wondering that? I, I mean, do, do we, are we going to hold daily classes on what the head coach of a football team does? Ken, can, can, can I ask I you mean, a
2: question
3: real quick, and I'm going to yeah. let you have it right back. What, what happened sure. with this football team last year, in your opinion?
6: Well, a couple things happened. First of all, I think the veterans lost the locker room. How, how did so that either, happen, though? Well, the young guys tuned them out. You know, it's it's you hear Fletcher Cox talking about how he took last year, how he took Jordan Davis under his wing, and he's going to show him how to be a pro. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that that Jordan Davis is getting fined every week for being a fat slob. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, at, at what point? Do, <laughs> at so, what point does Fletcher just kind of throw up his hands so, and say, "I give up, I'm out of here soon"? Anyway.
3: Okay, so so with with all of that, the information you just gave whose job is do you think is to keep uh, those guys in line?
6: Well, Hugh, you were. I, I, I can't listen.
3: I, I keep it. I try to keep these conversations simple, dog. I ask a simple question: Whose job do you feel it is to keep those guys in line?
6: I, well, first of all, they have to keep they have to keep themselves in line if they're going to be professionals. Ken, Ken. Uh, all right, hold on. But let me veterans, let me throw the vet, let me ask, The veterans have the locker room. The veterans have the locker room. Ken, right, and, and, let me let, let me turn me, this around. I just
2: I, I need Wait, I so, need let's, this. Let's, and hold on, Ken. I need this answer. I love I love we, it when we, they go like this. Because man, we just we, I, I'm going to ask you because you are a Sirianni fan, Ken. What do you think? he should and now will do? Because you're, you're, you're dismissing the locker room stuff. The veterans got to do that. All right, that's off Sirianni. Offense is off Sirianni. Defense is off Sirianni. What do you want the head coach to do? I, I
6: want a John Harbaugh-style head coach, who, who, by the way, has, has cycled through coordinators in 16 years, like, you know, Grant through Richmond. I mean, these, these guys constantly change coordinators as they move on or move up. I want the CEO, of the football team, on the sidelines. Okay, and and Ken, ultimately, because you,
3: you're going a little long, Ken, and you kind of, you know, it's just going. So, so what if you were to describe Coach Harbaugh? How would you describe him?
6: Well, Co- Coach Harbaugh is part of the overall game plan in terms of. I didn't ask you, like,
3: like as a as a coach, like is, would you say he's a leader well, I of think men? He's a leader. He's, I think, leader I think he's, he's a leader of men. leader. I think he's a tremendous leader. Yeah. Okay, do you do you do you look at Coach Sirianni as that leader leader type guy with the way that he answered that question the other day?
1: Because the, the, like the
3: bottom line is, he was asked, "What does he do?" No, he was asked, "What was his role?" Oh, okay, okay. Is he, that what's he, the difference? What's the difference? What is your role? What do you do? What's oh, the difference? It's a different question. You explain to me how that's different. What is your role and what do you do? What is well,
6: your I, okay? I, what is your I, I what? What you. is your
3: purpose? What is your purpose? Like, is it this a better way to ask it? What was, What is your purpose, coach, as the head coach of
6: this football team? He's the head coach of the football team. Now, if you want to ask him, define what the head coach of the football team does, that's a different question. He didn't ask him what you do. He asked him what's your role. That's like asking – it's the difference between asking you what's your role at WIP and what okay, you do so at Okay, WIP. so so what
3: I do at WIP, I can tell you that easily because that's the question I can't answer, and I don't need no time to answer that, Joe. Joe. I, I give informed analysis from my perspective. And I try to be as entertaining as I possibly can. Now, let me answer this question because you, you did not answer the question that I asked you previously. So whose job is it to keep those guys in
2: line in the locker room? I thought I did answer the question. Oh, well, he, I, he said the start. veterans. He said the veterans. No, but that's the not the right that's
3: not so what's the what's the coach's grown man? Okay, okay, so what is the coach's head what's the coach's job then? If if the veteran it's the veteran's job to keep the veterans line. What is what is the coach here for? The
6: coach the coach is there to and ensure that the install is done right, ensure the practices are done right, ensure that players are doing what they're supposed to be doing. <coughs> Excuse me. The coach is there to make decisions in game like, you know, we're going to go for it on fourth down. We're not going to go. for So he, he's downward. not he's or, like, not whatever. He
2: doesn't he, have to set the culture. But Ken, why the, the reason why we're ha- we'd have fun with it for two is I, I agree with you on this last part. Why didn't he say that? He said his job is to reshuffle not, the core values. It's
3: not, it's not a stupid question, Joe. And Ken, no disrespect to you, but you refuse to answer a simple question that I'm asking you. Just like serious. Did. You didn't, Ken. Cause you know, like, listen, this is the thing that I think that I know about you, Ken. You're a smart man. And I asked you a question and you danced around it as much as you possibly could. Ken, the bottom line is this the coach's job is to be a leader of men. Now, if you want to use Coach Harbaugh as an example, it's like say for Ken, I made you you're a football player and, and, and you're, you're a good football player. Who do you think you who you're going to want to battle with? Is it going to be Coach Harbaugh or Coach Siriati? based on what you hear them say in their press conferences? Who are you, who who are you rolling I, with? I, I was, between the two, a
6: professional football player, I don't know that I would be listening to the coach's press conference. That's kind like, of my see, point. See, Kid,
3: you know what? But, okay, Ken, hey, we with, appreciate uh, it. I, it? Good call. I was a professional football player. So let me help you out with this since you refuse to answer the question. Yes, it does matter. The messaging, the messaging does matter. Who's giving the message matters. That All of that stuff that you want to diminish and say that's not a big deal, it is a big deal because, number one, Ken, the coach sets the culture. The fact that we're sitting here and we're talking about Jordan Davis being fat, like talking about he was overweight. I, I, Jordan Davis is a grown man, no question about that. But it's the, his coach that's supposed to be on his ass to make sure that he's not supposed to be fat. I gave a story a few weeks ago, Joe, I talked about when I came back for my, my rookie year, I was fat as hell when I went to New York. I had to stay because I was fat, because I didn't follow protocol. That Even though I'm a grown man, I'm in the league, I still needed guidance. Like, regardless to what people want to say about professional athletes and all this other stuff, coach's job, he, his job is very important because he has to push you to your limits. That's what a coach does.
2: So I think – so, Well, a good one anyway. And look – you, you have it from a different perspective than all of us, than most of us at least. I, there's two things I think of when I think of the CEO type that Sirianni now is either being forced to be or wants to be. Whatever. You, you guys choose. I also think we're just moving the goalposts on Sirianni to make ourselves feel better. I mean, holy moly. This guy was hired as an <laughs> offensive mind. Not holy moly. No, I holy molyed him. <laughs> this guy was hired as a play caller and an offensive mind. Three years later, we're just moving the goalposts to make ourselves feel better about what he's and been like, reduced
3: to. And I like Coach Sirianni. I do, and I think that this is not the defining moment for Coach Sirianni. But he has to bounce back next year.
2: But I think of two things if you're going to be that kind of coach. And, and people keep pointing out there's three very successful ones. If you want to use Belichick, the four very successful ones, right? Tomlin. Harbaugh, Belichick, and to a very lesser degree, but he might have a ring in two weeks. Campbell, right? Yeah. These are these are all examples of this kind of coach, but they all do something super well. Like Bill Belichick had the smartest team because he was the smartest coach. They were more prepared. I, I watch least amount of mistakes. Least though. Mistakes. John Harbaugh might know the rule book better than anyone in the NFL. I mean, yeah, he, he really that, does. That team is always Son one of a step coach. ahead. I go back to this because if Sirianni's going to be this one step ahead CEO smart guy, the Arizona game. Remember how surprised the Eagles were and Sirianni that they was at the onside kick oh, with the, five like, minutes yeah. to go.
3: Not no, like they the, like they're playing to win. You didn't know they were playing to win at the time. You know,
2: time? I re, I believe the next time we talked to Howard, he had mentioned to us the last time, the time before they played the Cardinals the year before, and I think it was the same special teams coach. They had done an onside kick against them in the game. Like this is the kind of stuff you gotta be on top of. He told us after the game he was he was shocked at the onside kick. He didn't see it coming. Now they now they recovered it, and obviously then they went to had Devonte block and get hurt on a dumb screen. But the point is, if he's gonna be this coach, they, he better have them buttoned up and prepared and smart. That's his role now. So don't you don't sit there and tell me it's okay to answer with I'm gonna reshuffle the core values. No,
3: and and that's not, not an answer. You have to be – the team that makes the least amount of mistakes has a better chance of winning. And when you look at this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, made a lot of mistakes, made egregious mistakes that we we made week in and week out,
2: that's on the head coach. My role is to have the team prepared. My role is to make sure everyone is where they need to be. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Like, how many times this year did they have the wrong guy run on the field? Or, like, they had that happen. They had issues throughout training camp with that kind of stuff. Elliot told us in the summer they were sloppy. This, this stuff didn't change all year. So that's now his role. That's not a, it's not a hard question to answer. This isn't rocket science. What do you do here?
3: We try to make it out to be, though. We really do. And we need to stop doing that, man. And, 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 and like, I, I look at it like this. If you're a real Eagles fan, man, hold everybody accountable. Don't make concessions for people because you like them or you, you think they're a cool guy. Sometimes the hardest conversation to have are the real ones.
2: And I do, I do understand Ken's point, and I think I've probably brought this up before, that, that press conferences sometimes, you know, we take them and, and it becomes a big thing, right?
3: No, we, we laughed and joked about it, but that was pretty bad. But was
2: It was, hard. but you know what? This isn't the first time this has happened. People still bring up Andy Reid's press conferences more than his victories here. Gabe Kapler wasn't liked not because he went 500 with crappy baseball teams, because of the way he talked. The next morning after every Phillies game was about what Gabe Kapler said more than what Gabe Kapler did. It sucked. Right. This isn't the first time a press conference has mattered to people. Press
5: conferences matter, Joe.
2: The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. That's exactly right. He should have rolled that one back out.
5: So the idea of him being a CEO coach is ultimately fine if that's what he was billed to us to be. This isn't when we hired him. It wasn't like, oh, this is this guy's just runs a tight ship. Like everything that Jeffrey Lurie told us was that he had a brilliant football IQ. Uh, Schematically, what he does to defenses now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, he's a great leader of men. That's not what we were sold. He is deteriorated
2: as the head coach of the team and what his role is. So it's a great question. Yeah, the opposite is Campbell. Campbell was hired to be a leader, right, to, to, to help them. <laughs> and they knew that. They knew how bad that team was, and he had to be the one to convince everyone, like, hey, just listen to me, follow me, and I'll, I'll lead you the right way. And he's done it so far. That's why people like him right now. He's popular right now because he's, he's doing what they hired him to do. We have – we're just moving the goalposts. And then, I'm not saying this can't work at all. Maybe it will. It can't. It can't but I think the goalposts have been moved. But you, you
3: have to realize that,
2: that coaches' jobs –
3: are to motivate grown men and make them believe in one common cause same thing as a general anybody else somebody that is sitting up there a politician perfect example somebody that's sitting up there selling you hopes and dreams that you're willing to go out and, and go beyond yourself to try to make happen that's what a coach's job is that's what Andy reed does that's what coach harbaugh does that's what all these coaches do and right now if you were to ask me does coach sirianni <laughs> exude confidence he really really
2: does <laughs> no, of course he does not unless
3: I, i'm not laughing at that i'm just laughing with my, my phone
2: yeah unless yeah. You, of course I'm it's sure. about if, if you're into the core values then your confidence is strong today because he's reshuffling <laughs> those things do you think they've been reshuffled since the press conference or is that a weekend thing we'll do it start on monday when, <laughs> when is the first reshuffling of the core values that's what i need to know After the first
5: law oh uh, no i can't he's wait like, oh, that no. long. no, no, no it didn't work
2: I want five times reshuffling during the offseason. season. All right, let's grab T <laughs> in college. What's up, T?
7: Oh man, Ken, I'm disappointed in you, Ken. That was terrible. That reminded me of when I put boots to asses to you a couple of weeks ago. That was uh... <laughs> that was good when that happened, by the way.
3: Oh no, no, don't don't be co-signing with no,
2: him. John. No, no, T had you. Tea had on the ropes. Uh,
7: you no, know, you had it. You had Ken on the ropes. I was over here eating my popcorn, screaming. I was like, yeah, get him, you. Oh, Really? Man, was,
3: like so? Now you're San Fran?
7: Nah, Ken. Ken's a smart dude. I like his calls, man. But that was, that was bad. I, right? I, look, Ken, I, and
2: I do agree with you. Ken is a smart dude. I love his calls. I just, you know, sometimes we're on the opposite side of things. That's okay.
7: Nah, no, nah, it is okay. He'll bounce back. There's, there's, there's not more than that. But, but Ken, let me ask you this: You want him to be the CEO type, and I think that's actually an impossibility right now. Uh, and I got something for uh, you and you and Joe at the end of this. Uh, because I don't think in that scenario, the system, the formula, and the personnel could be set up to do that. Because right now, we're not like uh, the Shanahan uh, 49ers. We're not like Baltimore and the Ravens. We're not like the um, – help me out, gentlemen.
3: Um, you mean a team that's playing Kansas in the playoffs? City. All City. Oh, yeah. right, of course, yeah. No
7: no, 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 not just in the playoffs, but the way they structure their staffing mm. to be in a system that when they move, remove a, a person, another person comes up and can create the system in the same manner. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no hiccup. And we're not at that point yet right now. Why? Because we have a, a talent deficiency, an eye for talent. Like, we can't find staffing. What did Joe, Joe, Joe DeCammer say today? That we're going to have seven coordinators in a 13-month span, possibly? That's, that's unheard of. It's very rare. It's very
2: rare. And it's, it's so – I mean, think about Hurts, right? For him – he's got to now do a third offense potentially in three years or at least a third play caller in three years. That's a lot.
7: That's a lot. That's a lot. Even for Jimmy G 2.0 Purdy, who I also don't believe in, (laughs) Kyle. I'll I'll co-sign that with you. But but to get back to this, this is something I want to leave you with, if you don't mind. Um, In regards to what you guys dropped the ball on, no offense, I love you both, but you dropped the ball with Patrick Willis. I wanted you to ask him about – Fix accountability, because that's something that we continue to have a problem with in the Sirianni era right now. Accountability of coaches and what they do with their players in a formulaic manner to see how we can fix this, this whole mantra of this team. So I wonder, what what does Vic do in this era of what he is as a coach now to keep players accountable? Because when you think about this Sirianni-led defense, he basically told us Whoever's over there next is going to have a handle, and he's going to turn his back and, and, and you know check in every now. and then. Yeah, it's like the, he's the head like
2: that. coach. He's the Vic's I the think, head
3: coach of the defense. It's he. We appreciate it. I think that's what basically they did because that's kind of like like when I think about it, that's how I felt with Jim. Jim kind of just you know ran the defense. And head Andy, coach, of the defense. yeah, yeah, he was the head coach of defense. That I think I hear what you're saying, but I think I think that Patrick answered that question when he talked about his coaching style and believing in him. The the biggest thing in all of this and I've been trying to relay it, is that you have to believe in the message. And this team was so bad last year defensively that, hell, I, I, would, I would think that anybody with any kind of, kind of name recognition would be better than what you had.
2: That's why you know, we, we played some of this stuff coming out of Miami. You asked Patrick about it, and he, uh, he didn't know all of it, but he knows Vic, right? And that's why I go to this with Vic Fangio or anyone that has that kind of track record. The track record speaks for itself. I I think that will – and that's part of maybe why Sean Desai didn't have their respect at first. He didn't have a track record. Mm-hmm. You know, Not that Sean's a bad coach, and maybe he'll bounce back somewhere. But, like, what's Sean Desai's track record? He, if, if they're wondering, does this guy know what he's talking about? He's, he's not done anything in the NFL. This – Vic Fangio has. I mean, Vic Fangio is 40 years under his belt of, of good defense. That should go a decent way. All right, let's get to a same game parlay <laughs> for championship weekend in the NFL. All right, let's put this together. We'll make our picks here. We'll put some uh, we'll put some picks together and make a same game parlay over at Fan Sportsbook. All right, Hugh, what are you thinking here? You want a touchdown from somebody? We have got two games. J- Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs.
3: Yeah, I'm going with the running back man. All
2: right, let's put a Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown man, in here. I like here. that. I like that. I like that. Kyle, what are you thinking?
3: So I came to a,
2: uh,
5: a conclusion not too long ago. It was actually after the Chiefs and Bills game mm-hmm. that I counted out the Patrick Mahomes and Andy freaking Reed like way too early. And that, we was, all did. that was stupid of me and stupid of all of us. It's the greatest head coach in football right now and probably potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I think they're going to go in there and beat Baltimore. and. I don't think anybody should be betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at plus money in the AFC Championship game. That that speaks to you. You pound that in a heartbeat. So, I'm going Chiefs money line.
2: All right, Chiefs money line. We get a Jameer Gibbs touchdown. All right, I'll put two more in here. Let's go with an over in the game. I think over San Francisco and and the Lions. I think there's a lot of points. I don't think either defense. We know the Lions defense isn't very good. They're just kind of opportunistic. I don't think that Niners defense is great. They have a lot of names. They've been leaking oil a little bit. Yeah, and I think the Lions can run on them and throw on them if Goff has time. I think that game goes over 51.5 points. That feels to me like a 30 27 kind of game. I think the game is close mm. and very high scoring. Let's go over 51.5. So we have Gibbs touchdown. You have Chiefs money line, Kyle. You put that in. That's it? Of course, it. yes. All right. Slam. One more. Uh oh. Hmm we want a Kelsey touchdown or we want to go with the Gi- – I'll go with that. You like I, that? Because
3: like, I, I say that, yeah, i, I go with that because he's been on a little bit of a bounce back. Remember a couple of weeks ago they said they had wooden hand. Mm. So he's, a little, he's been on a little bit of a bounce
2: well, back. He knows how to play in big games, 16 playoff touchdowns. All right, Kelsey touchdown, Chiefs money line, Gibbs touchdown over 51.5. There is our same-game parlay for championship weekend. So Hugh's going with both the road teams. I'm going to go Baltimore and the AFC – and I think San Francisco close. But on, I would, wait,
5: excuse me. I, I just told you that. No, I know. I'm just giving you, giving you my pick. Oh, okay. Pick. All right. Well, I just told you who was going to win. I know, I know. That's, I, the, that's the whole problem. Now,
2: I'm going to bet our parlay. I'm just giving you my my, my, my pick. Uh, I, think it's the, I think it's the Ravens and Niners in the Super Bowl. But I think the Lions could keep that game very, very close. So, Kyle, your official game picks are? Yeah. Who's, who's playing in the Super Bowl <sighs> two weeks from it's now? It's going
5: to be the Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers. It's going to be a rematch.
2: Hmm. That'd be, I mean, they all be. I, I don't know. Is there one bad matchup? I don't think so. I like them all.
5: <laughs> I don't. Um, I think.
2: I think the Ravens would kill the Lions. Yeah, but they killed them already. Are the Lions <laughs> is that going to happen again? I yeah. I don't know. I don't, if, well, the, if, if the Lions could go beat the Niners at San Francisco, did they kill the Lions in Detroit? No, that game was in Baltimore, so it'd be a neutral site. I think any any matchup is good. I, yeah. I don't think there's oh, yeah. any of them. Yeah, what do you think the
5: biggest spread would
2: be? Ravens over Lions. Yeah, I, my guess would be like four and a half, five and a half. That would be that. All right, let's uh, let's grab one more. We have uh, Route Thirty Five, Mike. What's up, Mike?
6: Mike. Joseph, how are you? Please remember that press conferences matter to everyone, including you guys.
2: The press conferences matter too. We all need to remember that. I don't
6: well, give a shit. I do. I <laughs> I watched it on I watched it on TikTok. Is he really going to work
2: from home on Zoom in bunny slippers? I think so. I mean, I don't know why That's not. what I got from it?
6: And about Andy Reid, my opinion on Andy Reid, he's a good coach, but I think he uh, drafted the greatest football deodorant in the history of the sport.
2: And that would be Mahomes?
6: Correct. Yeah. Let's remember his two Super Bowl wins. He was losing in the fourth quarter. Then here came Mahomes, and they were losing in the second half of uh, the Eagles game.
2: Yeah, they were, and they came back. And, and Mike, it's good, always good to hear from you. And you're right. I mean, my homes has obviously changed the directory. All right, quick, Hugh, let's uh, assign you some homework.
3: Yes, and my homework is brought to you by Ameribest Home Healthcare. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia area who takes care of a loved one, you need to talk to my friends at Ameribest online, Ameribes Home Care. Dot com.
2: I want you to watch John Harbaugh, and I want you to watch Dan Campbell closely, because those are CEO
3: coaches. CEO coaches.
2: How leader do they of, do it?
3: Leader of men. I want you to
2: watch leadership this weekend. Yeah, you know? Watch it ooze at of Campbell and John Harbaugh. Leaders. And that they mean, ain't going to call no
3: plays, but they just going to make it happen.
2: And maybe they'll both win. And then we could say, Sirianni, see, he could do the same thing. Don't worry about this whole play call nonsense. All right. That is it for us. Championship weekend on the way. Enjoy the games uh, on Sunday with the Ravens and the Chiefs, and of course, Lions at 49ers. I imagine 99% of Philadelphia will be rooting for the Lions and against the Niners? Yes. I will be. I would agree with yeah, that. No one wants Sounds that team about to right. Yep. All right. Everyone have a great, great weekend. Afternoon show. Jack and Ike, they're next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Peace.